0: We are now past signing day. What does BYU starting lineup look at least on paper? We'll get to that. While we'll also get to your guys' questions, and BYU basketball runs over LMU in a payback game. All that ahead on today's show. You are locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, a resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, being a part of it every single day. Very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Our our title sponsor today is our new friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And I threw this out on social media. I also mentioned it to you guys on yesterday's podcast. I said, hey, fire away with your questions. It's a listener mailbag edition. It's a Friday edition. But I had one question that came in via email. It was actually a very simple one. I'm actually gonna pull it up here on my phone as we get going here. And it actually is going to be where we're gonna start today's show and it comes via Henry Moss. So Henry, thank you for emailing the show. You can email email the show anytime you want. Questions, concerns Comments, advertising inquiries, whatever you got for us, feel free to email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And Henry asked this What is your starting offense and defense for BYU? Thank you. All right, well, hey, Henry, that's a great question. Actually, it's a really good one considering we just got through signing day for BYU. Their 2023 class is locked in. Uh, they have a bunch of guys that are already new into the program that are, uh, whether they're gray shirts, mid year enrollees, early enrollees, there's a lot of dudes coming into this program, but if you want me to run down essentially my my top 22 guys for BYU offensively and defensively, let's just do that real quick. Uh, I think a quarterback, uh, for all intents and purposes, it is Keaton Slovis' job to lose. Obviously he'll have to prove that in spring ball, have to uh, battle guys like Jake Retzloff, uh, Cade Fennigan. Uh We got confirmation via Aaron Roderick, but if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you would know that Soljay Mayava-Peters is making the move to running back uh, during the spring ball period period but also the battle guys like Ryder Burton as well, et cetera, Nick Billups in that mix. But it's Keaton Slovis at quarterback. Now, at running back, I'm interested to see uh, how uh, Aiden Robbins does in spring ball. Can he establish himself as the clear number one at running back? Or does Hinkley Ropati uh, have a chance to really want to up this young man? Because some of you, as I mentioned uh, on YouTube uh, earlier this week, said you're not giving enough respect to Hinkley Ropati. And I don't mean any disrespect to Hinkley because he had a breakout season last year, but he's got to prove himself to be the true number one. Christopher Brooks was BYU's number one back last year when he was healthy. So uh, a guy like Hinkley Ropati will have that chance, but Aiden Robbins, I think, is your number one running back right now in my mind. Now, fullback slash that uh, kind of uh, H-back position, it's Mason Wake for me. Also, uh, at tight end, I think Isaac Rex is your number one guy. I think uh, you're going to see some interesting uh, things with how BYU runs their tight ends out there. It was sad to hear that Carter Wheat is uh, hanging it up due to medical concerns, but that uh, thins out the the tight end room a little bit, but I think you'll still be just fine with Isaac Rex leading the way at tight end. Now at wide receiver, I think you have a very clear top three: Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, and then you also have um, Cody Epps. I think those are your three guys at wide receiver. Put Isaac Rex out there; that's your fourth receiver slash tight end. And then at the offensive line, right now, this is just my uh, take on how the offensive line lays out in my mind. At left tackle, you got Kingsley Suomata'ia. At left guard, I think you put Connor Pay there. At center, Paul Miley, the Utah transfer coming into the program, at right guard, I would think you would insert a guy like Ian Fitzgerald there potentially, because Daryl Funk, uh, speaking to the Cougar Club, was kind of hesitant on where uh, you were going to put Ian Fitzgerald. He's like, well, we're going to start him out at tackle. I think they're opening the door to putting him at guard, and I think Ian Fitzgerald could fit in there. And then I think Lisala Sala Tai actually ends up as your right tackle for BYU. But I will say this, I think Fitzgerald and Tai are very much interchangeable at right guard and right tackle depending on how they want to lay that out. So that should be your first string offense in my mind, at least going into the spring. So we're talking about this on, uh, I'm recording this on Groundhog Day, the night of Groundhog Day going into uh, February 3rd. So we're still over a month away from BYU kicking off spring ball, but that's what I think the number one offense looks like for BYU. Now on defense, I think that I'm going to go with the assumption that BYU is going to play more of a 4-2-5 look. And even that 4-2-5 is a little bit hybrid, but I think that Isaiah Banya is going to be your hybrid defensive end slash uh, linebacker that's, going to be a guy rushing the quarterback. I think your interior defensive tackles right now as I would tab it are Caden Haas and Jackson Cravens. I think those are your top two guys at defensive tackle and then at the other offense, uh, not offensive end, uh, defensive end position I think Tyler Batty retains his role there. Obviously there's going to be competition across the board. There needs to be more competition. Guys like David Law too when they show up later uh, this spring going into the summer period the hope is that during training camp they'll be able to at least add depth if not beat out somebody for a starting job. So we'll have to Weight on that, but I think it's your starting defensive line, at least on paper to me right now. But also, you cannot discount what John Nelson is bringing to the table. And if that's the case, if John Nelson is as good as he was last year, you could see that him taking essentially Isaiah Banya's spot and BYU going to, I guess, more of a quote unquote 4 3 alignment where Banya plays like a strong side defensive, a strong side linebacker slash defensive end uh, in that setup. Now your linebacker positions, I'm gonna go with two of them. I think you've got Ben Bywater, who's back as your middle linebacker for BYU, very, very good season last year, and I think that he is going to reprise his role and challenge for another hundred tackles. It's crazy to think that uh, Ben has now had 200 career tackles in just two seasons of BYU. He's been a prolific uh, tackling machine, and there is no reason to think that he will not uh, be in that mix. Uh, I already mentioned Isaiah Banya. I think he could play that linebacker position. Kelly Papinga during the media session we had on signing day said that he thinks he can play a stack linebacker position for BYU, so I guess I'll revamp my thought and say that it's Isaiah Banyan and Ben Bywater at linebacker. I'll put John Nelson at the defensive end role, I guess, for my starting lineup right now. Now, in the secondary, that's where it gets a little bit interesting for me. I think that Eddie Heckard is one of your starting cornerbacks and simply due to kind of mathematical delineation of just looking at how things are going at cornerback, Jacob Robinson probably gets the start at the opposite cornerback spot. Does that mean a guy like Maury Bamba, Jaden Dunlap, etc., couldn't beat him out? No, they absolutely could, but I think with the experience factor. I think you put Eddie Heckard at one corner spot and you have also Jacob Robinson at the other at safety. I think it's pretty clear. I think you're going to have Malik Moore, uh, taking one safety spot. And then, uh, th- that's a, by the way, other thing about uh, Malik Moore real quick is that what I love about Malik is he was a guy that was very productive when healthy. Well, he got injured last year and it opened up opportunities for BYU to have other guys step up in his absence. But the biggest thing for Malik Moore is he's got to reestablish himself essentially in the pecking order at safety, uh, during spring ball. It's not like he's going to walk in and be like, you know what? You get your starting job back because the coaching staff that put him as a starter for the last three or four years is no longer there. So he's got to reestablish himself, but I think that he will do that at defensive back for BYU. Then the other guy at at safety for me... I. I got, I got back and forth on this, and it's one of those things that I'm just saying. Like, okay, where do I think uh, ultimately these guys are going to line up and where they can be best impacting uh, on BYU's defense? And that is always the big question here when you look at, okay, what are the options here? Because I look at it and I say, okay, Malik Moore is very easy to put to tab into that spot. But I think that if, if it were to, up to me, if Chaz AU is 100% healthy, he'd be a fantastic option safety. But because we cannot rely on Chaz staying healthy for any length of time right now, it looks like, Michael Harper and Michael Harper was a breakout star last year, really, really good. And he's more of a kind of a, a clone, a, co- a carbon copy. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, carbon copy of what more of Malik Moore is. Where they're a little skinnier in terms of safeties, but I think if you can't rely on a guy like Chaz Ayu being healthy for any length of time, I think I'd put uh, Michael Harper there at the other safety spot. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. It's the number one d- offense and defense for me in my mind. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in spring ball because I inevitably I can have my guys. I pencil, and I will nail probably 60-70% 60-70% of the guys who would be the quote-unquote first stringers but there's always going to be guys in spring ball that step up and impress and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that but hopefully that I uh, get you more of that question answered. Alright, we will get to more of these type of questions here in just a moment. We also need to talk about BYU basketball. Weird things afoot at the Marriott Center last night a very good performance for Mark Pope and his squad that we'll get to a little bit later on but first let's get a word in on one of our great sponsors, a new big sponsor for us here in the Lockdown Podcast Network our friends at FanDuel. This year the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Podcast Network because they're the number one sportsbook in America, and that's our friends at FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's the best part. They have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app today so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. This is what they're offering you. You'll get up to $3,000 back. in bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, the best part is FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread who will score a touchdown, any of those prop bets that go with the Super Bowl. So get in on the action today, my friends. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you get pay, you can get paid out on your winnings instantly and also, you can uh, get that app it's just, it's really simple to do. You do it from the comfort of your own home. You have to be on a laptop, you don't have to make a call. It's just, it's super, super simple. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 right now. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make Every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for checking us out right here on Locked on Cougars. want to remind you guys make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you know about the college basketball sphere in one place. Hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players alike. That's Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, let's get right back uh, to the questions on today's show. Our good friend Greg Romano sent me two, a pair of questions. Let's answer those first. He says, a question for you. Thanks to Bill Bar, this year's preferred walk-ons may include a greater." number of impact players than in the past. Which players do you predict will have the greatest impact? And I am writing this as I enjoy a coconut built Bar. And yes, it is delicious. Well, Greg, you're a stud. Uh, we'll talk to you more about built Bar in just a moment, but there's this promo code called Locked On 15 They save you 15% at built.com We'll talk more about that in its, in its entirety in a moment. But it's a great question. Preferred walk-ons, actually, I think BYU did a fairly good job in the preferred walk-on sphere this year because of things like built Bar. The nice part is built Bar was just kind of the the tip of the iceberg, my friends, NIL has opened the opportunities for BYU to go offer preferred walk-ons, uh, and well, they can't, can't offer them, but you can tell them, hey, this is what's looking at what's looking like when it comes to NIL opportunities if you were to pick BYU, and they had a number of guys who passed on scholarship opportunities from other universities, whether at the G5 or the FCS level, because they want to come to BYU and be a part of the Power 5 uh start for BYU here in the big 12. so uh, built bar other Nil opportunities are actually covering a lot of these guys fees dues uh, living expenses etc that give them the opportunity if they're not necessarily a full-fledged scholarship player but they can come in and battle for that spot and if they ultimately prove themselves worthy they'll get that scholarship now when it comes to guys I think are impact players as preferred walk-ons Greg uh, to a point my thing right now with preferred walk-ons is I'm hesitant to point any of them out because there's one thing that is a kind of a I don't want to say it's a complication, but something that needs to be you need to be aware of is that all preferred walk-ons have to get into BYU on their own merit. There's no BYU football program essentially pulling the strings, saying, "Hey, get that kid in here to school, get that kid." They have to get in. On their own grades, their own merit, and then at that point they can join the BYU football program. So I'm, I'm hesitant to throw any name out there in case, for whatever reason, they don't get into school. So hopefully you can understand that. Now the other one he asked, uh, Greg here says, another question for you, which university do you think has a bed chan- better chance of a Big 12 invite? San Diego State with its Southern California presence or Utah with its two recent Rose Bowl appearances? Now Greg, that's an interesting one. Let me just say this, I am going to take Utah at their word when they say that they are full Fully bought in with what the Pac-12 is trying to do, and if that's the case, if Utah is fully bought in with what the Pac-12 is trying to do, or what, uh, eventually might be the Pac-10, Pac-11, et cetera, if that's going to be the case, then San Diego State is the no-brainer. And I'm not saying that uh, the Big 12 is going to go out and get San Diego State. I think they're actually, speaking of the Big 12, kind of more interested in, in programs like Gonzaga for the basketball-only side of things. That's just my personal opinion on the matter, just kind of reading between the lines. But if if what Brett Yormark has said is he wants to get more and more into that Pacific time zone and truly make the Big 12 Conference a conference that can play in every window on in college football. Play the early, the central, the mountain, and the west coast. You have the four time windows. It's 10 a.m. mountain time. It's 1.30 Mountain Time, uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Time, and then 8.30 Mountain Time. Those, those are the four major time windows when it comes to college football. Brett Yormark wants the Big 12 to be viable in all of those. Well, BYU currently is the only outpost, I guess you can call it, that is giving them the opportunity to play in that 8.30 window on the West Coast. San Diego State would open that up. Do you want to have the Mountaineers of West Virginia traveling to San Diego State and San Diego State vice versa going to UCF? Eh, maybe not so much, but nonetheless, that would open that window. So if you ask me between those two, I think it's San Diego State is the one that probably gets the nod there. All right, on to the next ones. John Williams, of course, the host of Locked On Sooners. You want more on Oklahoma, it does a really, really good job uh, covering the Oklahoma Sooners. And by the way, John is uh, going to be hanging out with me. He's coming out for that Oklahoma game in November. He says, outside of the Oklahoma going to Provo, what's the Big 12 game you're most looking forward to? Now, that's an interesting one from John because, as I said, he, he's a Sooner fan, so he, he kind of accepted the Oklahoma Again, I've already said that that's the one I'm most excited for. Outside of that, uh, I know this sounds weird, but uh, going to Texas for the last time potentially for what I would imagine is the foreseeable future, I think that's uh, one I'm very excited for. But I'll also throw in this. I am hoping and planning, I will have to work out some things. If you want to sponsor this, by the way, I'd be happy to uh, take uh, you up on it. But I'm hoping to travel is some away games this year. And I want to travel to Lawrence, Kansas, for BYU's first ever Big 12 game against the Kansas Jayhawks. Is it a huge opponent? Not necessarily. It's just it's the first of... Uh, of an era for BYU. And I plan to be in Lawrence. And like I said, if you want to be a sponsor here on Locked On Cougars and help uh, Jake travel around the country this year to cover Big 12 football, hey, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. But that's the one I'm actually looking forward to. It's just BYU's first Big 12 game. I think that'd be a really, really fun trip. Uh, I've never been to Lawrence. It's not too far away from Kansas City. I have been to Kansas City, but I've never been uh, to Lawrence. I'd love to see Fog Allen Fieldhouse, all that stuff. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. Now, on to Daniel Rigby here. He's actually got two. We'll Get to Daniel's second question here in a moment. What is your prediction for the men's basketball end-of-season record, and where does their season end in the conference tournament? Nit, where does it end up? Well, uh, as they as we talked about, BYU well, we haven't talked about it yet, but BYU just took care of Loyola Mar- Marymount uh, it, in that game last night, and very very impressive stuff uh, for the Cougars because this is the LMU squad that went to Gonzaga and beat the Bulldogs on their home court. BYU beats them eighty-nine to sixty-one. Very impressive stuff from the BYU men's basketball program. And you want to know what uh, really jump-started this? Seven turnovers. The only game this year BYU has had single digits in turnovers. They go on and absolutely just crush a team and get some payback on LMU, who had beaten them just, what, three weeks ago? Very impressive stuff. If this is the BYU squad, they can replicate this type of a performance Uh, I'm not saying that they can't finish and get to the NIT. I think the NCAA tournament outside of making a magical run through the West coast conference tournament in Las Vegas and winning it all, you're not getting to the big dance. I don't think at this point, but I think if you were to play the way you played in this game against LMU, you could make that run uh, at at an NIT, but, the problem is we've only seen one game sample size of this type of a performance. If they can replicate it, I will start to believe. But right now, it is my it's my hot take is that BYU probably uh, crashes out of the West Coast Conference tournament in the quarterfinals, semifinals at the very best. And essentially, unless they want to play in the CBI or whatever the CIT, whatever those uh, pay for play tournaments are, if they want to do that. They can do that, but I think that's where the season ultimately ends. Uh, all right, uh, last one here. not last one. We'll get to some more here in just a moment. But this one comes in from Ryan Welling. Which of the return missionaries joining the football roster are you most excited about? I, I'm going to be a broken record on this. I, I've talked about this enough. I absolutely love John Henry Daly. I know he's not home right now. I know he's not enrolled in school right now. And it probably will take him a little while to kick the mission legs and obviously be able to contribute right away. But his play, when I watched him at Lone Peak High School, I saw the future of BYU's path Rush watching this kid, and I, I don't, I don't mean to be just uh, think like blowing uh, this guy up and have to set uh, ridiculous expectations for him. But I'm telling you, folks, he was just so good. And the best part was, he wasn't just a pure pass rusher; he was actually very good uh, in run defense. He was coached up very, very well by Ryan Denny, the former BYU defensive end, He might be the best defensive coordinator at the high school level in the Utah prep ranks out there at Lone Peak. He has been coached up well, and I cannot wait to see a guy like John Henry Daly out there for BYU. One other guy I'll probably also mention is Devin Downing. Uh, we already saw what Chase Roberts is capable of doing coming out of American Fork High School. Well, Devin Downing was a very, very good wide receiver uh, for the American Fork Caveman. I'm not saying that he's going to be Chase Roberts right away, but he's got the same type of body type and just it was a nice, uh, very nice productive player for the cavemen during his high school days. Wouldn't be surprised to see him break out. So I guess those are a couple of guys I can throw at you and hopefully uh, address your question a little bit there. All right, uh, we'll get to some more of these questions here in just a moment. I want to finish up today's show with also some notes on BYU men's volleyball. I also I forgot to mention one thing about BYU men's basketball. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, need to get a word in on our friends over at Bilt Bar. We've been talking about Bilt Bar for many, many years, my friends. The best part is all of us uh, kind of got through the New Year's period, probably had some resolutions. One of them probably to eat better. I have that one. And if you want to eat healthier, built bars can be a big part of this. The best part about built bars is they're covered in 100% chocolate. You will not believe how healthy they are for you as compared to how tasty they are. They have a myriad of different flavors out there. And the best part is you can find one, two, or I feel like 10 that will match your flavor profile that you will absolutely love. And the best part is the macros on these built bars are absolutely incredible. They have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein packed into them. Once again, like I said, you can't you can't find a better mix of healthy and tasty than you can with Built Bar. The best part is, as I mentioned, they're covered in 100 percent chocolate. And the best part is you don't have to go just online to order them to, anymore. You can go to built.com still and place your order there. And you can save 15% by using the promo code locked on15 at built.com But if you need the Built Bars right now, you need them in hand right now, stop by your local Smiths or stop by your local Sam's Club and pick them up today. Smiths has four bar packs you can pick up and take home. Or if you're a bulk buyer like myself, get over to your local Sam's Club and pick. Bay 13 bar pack. They're available now. And get in there and get and join the best tasting protein bars from Built Bar. But also don't forget, if you if it's not necessarily a, a pressing issue, go to built.com. You can save that 15% by using the promo code locked on 15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-15 for 15% off your order. Get and join the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Also brought to you today by our friends over at uh, Be Wearables. And I talked about these guys. I've I've talked about them a few times and I actually just closed out my copy of today's, uh, of that read. But uh, give me one second to pull that up here. But I can tell you about Be Wearables that I was sent some of the shirts from our good friend Brad who is the proprietor of be Wearables, and he's actually done a very very good job with these because what I love about them is they're super super comfortable shirts and they're high quality that's the other thing about this is that they are not a, a product that you're going to be like oh okay no they are absolutely incredible uh, and I'm pulling up this copy this is an awful read to start off with but the best part is I'm actually wearing one of them today so Brad I promised you I would wear it today there you go you see that I'm. I'm po- if you're watching this on YouTube you can see that it says caution trees don't move now what be wearables is is, is it's trying to have some fun with just the world around us. And that that's the best part about this is it's kind of fun. Of course, BYU is a global fan base. Many of you lived in different countries. I lived in Taiwan for two years. A myriad of you have uh, either lived professionally as missionaries, etc. cetera. wearables, which is a combination of beware and wearables, has collected real science from around the world that are just Funny. That's the best part about that. They've turned them into shirts. If you squint, tilt your head a little bit, you'll discover that life is really funny. Each BeWearables design is based on a real road sign that's oddly funny, and BeWearables.co sells shirts and accessories that'll make you and your friends laugh. The best part is it's created by BYU alumni and fans. BeWearables.co converts silly road signs into high-quality T-shirts. They also put them on hoodies, phone cases, tote bags, and more. They feature hilarious signs from travels all over the world. Iceland, Southeast Asia, Brazil, and more. Take advantage now, my friends, and go check it out. They sell shirts through Amazon with fast, free shipping. And the best part is, like this shirt I'm wearing, it says, uh, caution, trees don't move. It's like snowboarding. If you've been skiing or snowboarding, you've probably seen this sign. Trees are a problem when you're snowboarding. I've run into a tree. It was not fun. Well, it just made me chuckle when I saw that uh, shirt. I've actually got uh, three different designs of them, so I'd encourage you guys to give bewearables a chance because they're absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, this is a fantastic t-shirt. I was impressed just with the overall quality of the t-shirt and the best part is high quality graphics and like I said, it's just it's here to have fun. That's the best part about this. So go to bewearables.co that is Bewear, dot c o to browse through the collection of funny designs. I promise you you can find one that you will enjoy. Life is funny, wear it. Excuse me. Life is funny, wear it. That's bewearables.co. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show and being a part of it. I love that you guys uh, fire back questions at me just rapid fire every single week when I throw it out there on on, on social media, I throw it out on YouTube, whatever you guys have got. All right, let's get on to some other questions here. Now, uh, first one here, Daniel Rigby says, have you ever thought, and he already asked a question earlier, but he says, have you ever thought about doing a Patreon kind of thing? Now, uh, Daniel, I can tell you this much. The Locked On Podcast Network has actually been very, very good to us as hosts in terms of making sure that uh, doing this venture is worth our while. I'm actually the... Longest tenured college host, I believe, uh, in the in the entire company. We had a, a launch of a few different college podcasts. I'm the only host from that original launch on the college arm that is still around. And people have asked me, like, isn't it a grind? Yes, it is a grind. And it, it requires time out of my day every single day. But I love doing it. Have I considered a Patreon or having you guys contribute in some way? Yes, I have. But Currently, I feel like it's actually my best interest just to deal with things as they are right now. And the Locked On Network is also uh, looking at options as well. There are going to be things like super chats potentially in YouTube, contributing uh, things that you can do via that. Those may come down the road, but as it stands right now, I- I'm in no rush to put you guys put this behind a paywall. That's just just seems I don't know. Doesn't vibe with what I want to do. I, I, I like I said, I. I it's not necessarily. I'm, I'm not getting rich off this podcast. It's, <laughs> if you think I'm, I'm, I'm rolling in money, I, I, I'm not doing that. But. I can tell you this much. They make it worth my while to continue to do this. And by the way, it's also a labor of love. That's the other thing about this. I I, I love this. This is stuff I just love doing. I grew up my entire life wanting to work in sports and to talk about sports and just have fun with it. And yes, I'm talking to you guys. We're not having a face-to-face conversation, but I love talking sports. And this is just an outlet for me to do that. And like I said, if you ever see me out in person, don't hesitate to hit me up. I love talking to people. It actually drives my wife nuts how engaging uh, I, I am at times. But nonetheless, uh, for the time being, we're set. But maybe down the road, maybe we'll ex- examine that, Daniel. All right, uh, Paul Stamen. I think, is there. Stammen, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Paul. It's Paul Undercourse Stahman, S-T-A-H-M-A-N-N. says, is there an update on players returning or not, such as George Udo, uh, McChesney, Gabe Summers, Otto Mahe, Hayden Livingston, et cetera? Now, as far as I'm aware, uh, Udo is planning on returning McChesney Chesney is TBD. We'll find out on that. Gabe Summers is done, I believe. He had walked on a senior day, and he is moving on. Atunai Samahe has dealt with numerous health challenges. I think he's a 50-50 prospect at best. Hayden Livingston, I would imagine, is back kind of been that guy, just kind of been the poster child for BYU and their built Bar thing. Loves playing football, loves the role he plays, just loves being a part of the BYU football program. So I'd imagine he probably sticks around, but we will not truly know that question, Paul, until we get the spring roster. That's when we're really able to look at, okay, who's here, who's not, and we'll be able to tick those off as we move along here. Uh, Next one up is Nick Chadwick. What is the first big improvement you see coming for BYU football when it comes to infrastructure? Now, that's an interesting question, Nick, because I would believe that BYU should go about renovating some some things at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I would also advocate for BYU to build their own facility over on the uh, BYU uh, the Provo High Campus. Now it was BYU Provo, whatever you want to call it, the the BYU, old Provo High Campus across University uh, Avenue there. The problem is right now the Harris Fine Arts Center is being rebuilt, and all of those faculty and classes, if I'm not mistaken, are actually taking up residence over there. So that probably isn't going to be a pressing uh, thing that's going to happen right away. So I would imagine that I would say that BYU needs to just go about uh, renovating the loges at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, working on the home locker room, just uh, just a little bit of a facelift for Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Give some give LES some love. It's been around since the '60s. It's actually I don't know how many of you know this. Once Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big Twelve, BYU will have they have the biggest uh, stadium capacity wise in the new big 12. It's crazy to think about, but that's absolutely true. So, going to be interesting uh, to see what happens there. Uh, Let's see. uh, Next one. Wild Turkey Blunk. What does a way-too-early depth chart of DB look like? Well, we already talked about that, uh, Wild Turkey Fartblown, so hopefully you got your question answered earlier on the show. If not, you can rewind and rejoin us a little bit later on. Uh, Jeff Henor, also similar question. Do you see the running back depth chart? How do you think it stacks up? I think we have a transfer to come in the conclusion of spring. Now, that's interesting, Jeff, because Aiden Robbins and L.J. Martin are probably the two guys be what you think you're going to be with Hinkley Ropati and Miles Davis, kind of your four guys are running back. Maybe they find somebody that pops up in the portal. They're like, hey, we got to take this guy. But I actually think they've actually addressed the running back position fairly well so far. Uh, next one, Garrett. What do you would say are BYU's top five top five toughest conference games next year? Well, man, that's a tough one. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma. Oh, geez. Uh, I would say that those two, Texas, Oklahoma. I think TCU is very tough as well. I'm just trying to tick them off in my head because I don't have the schedule in front of me. I apologize. I probably should have had that ahead of time. Uh, but also, I would actually imagine that, uh, like Oklahoma Oklahoma State, absolutely. That's number four. And then number five, give me Kansas. That's probably the five that I'd probably lay out there. Um, all right, uh, T.K. Brown, after losing multiple one and two, uh, ones or twos, defensive offensive linemen, do we have enough depth at that position going into the Big 12? It's a great question, T.K. Brown or Trent. Uh, that's, that's a great question. I think BYU is confident they have depth at the offensive line. The problem is it's not as seasoned as it has been in the past. The past three or four years for BYU's offensive line, think of how many good guys and how much depth they've had of guys who can contribute. That's the one thing BYU's leaned on at that offensive line position. Now, some of you would say that it didn't necessarily perform up to to expectations, and I would agree with you this past year, especially in the run game, but I think that they believe they have depth there. The biggest thing is getting their feet wet and getting them up to speed and contributing at a high level, we'll find out on that. It's gonna be very interesting uh, to find out where that ultimately lands, but I do think they at least feel like they have the depth there. Brandon Bourget says, Do you expect transfer departures after spring ball at the loaded positions like quarterback? Now, that's interesting, Brandon. I do think there will be uh, guys who leave the program. I think defensive guys will uh, learn what Jay Hill's scheme is gonna entail, and some of them will be like, You know what? I'm looking for something else, and they'll, they'll bolt. Could a quarterback position uh, departure happen? Yeah, I think so because there's so many bodies there. That's the thing about this. There's so many guys in the mix, and that would be interesting to see what happens. There will be defections after spring ball. Don't be surprised by it. I'll just tell you that right now. All right, let's uh, dive into a couple more questions. Uh, Claymore Claymore Harbin says, what are the differences for roster limitations moving into the Big 12 for both scholarships and preferred walk-ons? With current players expected to come back, RM signings, and all the preferred walk-ons, it feels like there are 300 guys looking for spots next year. Is BYU facing a roster crunch? Uh, in some ways, they are Claymore, but they will have no difference than the 123-man roster during the season, 105 men during the offseason. There were a bunch of guys, I would imagine, that were walk-ons and the like. They didn't get the fanfare that some of us probably would have given them uh, if they would have announced their departure, but they probably are no longer with the program. Like I kind of said earlier, the the spring ball roster is going to tell us a lot about where things stand. It does feel like they've got a ton of preferred walk-ons. I think the count I saw was 21 preferred walk-ons have announced commitments to BYU this year. Well, to find spots for those guys, there's a lot of other walk-ons are probably getting bumped off that roster. So wait for a month here. When the spring roster rolls around, we will have our firm answer on that. But it does feel like, I'm with you, Claymore. There's a lot of dudes uh, looking for time at BYU. All right, we'll give the last word to Nick Lee uh, for today's show. And uh, any more of them, we'll get to him early next week. But he says this. All I want for the Seahawks is to draft J- Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua. Now, Nick, I must admit, is a host of Locked On Seahawks here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He says, is that too much to ask? I'm In all seriousness, which one will have the better NFL career? Now, that's an interesting question, Nick, because it's going to be a matter of how much playing time both of these guys get. I would say on its head, Puka probably has the better career. I just see him getting on the field more. There's only one quarterback. There's multiple wide receivers. I just think by deduction there, that's what happens. Now, with regards to your Seahawks taking Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua, I'll give you one of them. I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. I want nothing good for the Seahawks. It's just that's how that rivalry goes. And we had a response to the tweet says, Puka is actually unfortunately projected to the 49ers. And I would absolutely love that. Halle freaking Luya, let's get uh let's let's get him to San Francisco and just af- absolutely just tweak Nick a little bit once once again. I just but I I do think that just by deductive logic, I feel like Puka probably has a better career, but. You can't count a guy like Jaron Hall. If he's put in the right situation, he's got a lot of skill. And that's the nice part about it. He's got an opportunity to really go out and prove himself. And we'll find out. It'll be interesting. But uh, that's going to do it for today's question and answer portion of the podcast. A couple of notes real quick. A big win for BYU basketball, once again, beating Loyola Marymount 89-61. to uh, One thing I need to point out, and I forgot to point this out earlier, is that BYU, a guy like Fuseni Traore, had an absolutely marvelous game it felt like for BYU. Well, you look at that and you say, okay, what? why didn't he have that type? of a game when BYU played down there in a Los Angeles against LMU. Well, their big man, uh, they have a seven foot one big man, speaking of LMU, that made life miserable for Foose. He actually ended up with a double-double. 11 points, 13 rebounds, and it was a very important player in this win for BYU uh, getting the W. But the thing about this is Fusini Triore, he's got to learn to be able to combat guys who are bigger than him. He stands six foot five. I know his wingspan makes him play bigger than he actually is, but when you have guys who are 6'11", seven one going up against him, he gets swallowed up way too much. He needs to prove his ability to be able to play against those guys on a game-in and game-out basis, and I would like to see more of that. But if he can continue to play like he did in this game against LMU, it's a very, very nice showing for him. Now, let's also acknowledge BYU is back in action uh, uh, tomorrow as they take Take on uh, geez. I keep closing out all these windows as I roll along here. And I apologize. It's been an absolute great show today. I can tell you that much, but BYU basketball uh, back in action. I will get that uh, Pepperdine. Uh, they're taking on Pepperdine. Yeah. No, no, that's not right. That's next week. I apologize. I am a hot mess express on this edition of the podcast. So my apologies for that, but LMU tonight. And then tomorrow uh, tonight, speaking of when I'm recording this podcast, but tomorrow, if I can get it to come up, there we go. Pacific, uh, the face off against Pacific Tigers, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. Uh, Pacific's not that great this year. BYU should get another dub, and we'll find out there. Also need to give a big shout-out to BYU men's volleyball. The number 11-ranked Cougars went to Muncie, Indiana, and beat number 8 Ball State 3-1 in four sets. Fantastic showing uh, for BYU. Actually ended a 12-match home winning streak for the Cardinals in the win. BYU is now 6-1 on the season. Uh, Mix Romanus, Luke Benson, and Capono Brown combined for 44 kills in the upset victory for BYU. Is BYU Volleyball back to being what they were? Maybe so, and they face off against uh, Ball State again tomorrow. We'll have a full recap of how all the other sports did in BYU over the weekend on our Monday edition of the show, so stay tuned for that. All right, That's going to do it. Apologies for us closing out the tabs as quickly as I did, but nonetheless, thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for being here on the podcast. And by the way, Thank you to all of you. Marvelous questions this week. As always, you guys are absolutely phenomenal. You guys, as I say, out there in Cougar Nation, you're the lifeblood of this project. So thank you for your support, truthfully. Uh, it's actually my 36th birthday on Sunday, and uh, my wife asked me what I wanted for my, my birthday, and I told her, you know what? I just want a few more followers. So if you happen to be stumbling upon this on YouTube, you're listening to it on the regular podcast platforms, whatever it is, if you have not subscribed and or followed the show, please do so. And share with your family and friends. That's all I request for my birthday this weekend, is to see an uptick in our subscribers. We have great subscribers. we got over 2,400 on YouTube. There's thousands of you on our regular podcast feeds every single day. Thank you for your support, but please share it. And if you've not done so already, make sure you follow and or subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get it. So, that's going to do it. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Have a great weekend, my friends. Of course, we'll check back in with you on Monday, looking back at the weekend that was not BYU, looking ahead in BYU football. So got a lot to cover. It's the offseason, but we never stop right here on Locked on Cougars. Have a great weekend. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.